like the sound. La da dee dee, la da doo. Hello, friends. I am your humble host once again, back for another Sounds Like Radio. Today, the great Gildersleeve will be coming from a show originally broadcast October twenty fourth of nineteen fifty one. Today, Gildy, well, he is having his fair share of trouble today with that little girl. Yeah, the little girl. This time I mean a little girl who is, uh, let's see, Mrs. Winthrop's daughter, Babs. Yeah, Babs is causing a heap of trouble for Gildersleeve. I don't think she really likes Gildersleeve, so she's trying to do all she can to break up Gildersleeve and her mother, Mrs. Winthrop. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, these kids, yeah, they're irrepressible. Yeah, well, now, Bab, she's going to do her evil best to break up her mammy and Gildersleeve from going out together. So Gildersleeve has got to apply himself. He's got to think, surely I can outthink and outsmart a child like Babs. Yeah. So what does he do? He comes up with going to a picnic. <laughs> that ought to be fun for them. Let's go on out to a picnic, and then, while we're out on the picnic, maybe I can be friends with Babs. Yeah, Babs. Yeah, he's going to say to Babs, Can't we be friends, Babs? And she's going to say, uh, No. Well, <laughs> I hope not. Here is J.P. Morgan, and Can't We Be Friends? <laughs> I thought I'd found the man of my dreams Now it seems this is how the story ends He's gonna turn me down and say Can't we be friends? I thought for once it couldn't go wrong Not for long I can see the way this ends He's gonna turn me down And say, can't we be friends? Never again I'm through with love And who's to blame? I thought I'd found a man I could trust. What a bust. This is how the story ends. He's gonna turn me down and say, can't we be friends? Thank you. 
I'd found a man I could trust What a bust This is how the story has to end He's gonna turn me down and say Can't we be friends? Can't we be friends? Oh my. That sounds like a reasonable request. <laughs> Can we be friends? Yeah, that's what J.P. Morgan asks. And that's what Gildersleeve today is going to be asking Babs. Yeah, oh, there it is. <laughs> Sometimes that music is a little stubborn. Yeah, can't we be friends, says J.P. You know, she was a sexy lady. These songs are, are all songs she recorded in the 50s, and man, oh, oh, some of the poses she did on those albums. Oh, I like them. I like them a lot. Here's a picture of her with a big, wide, red dress. Oh, she looks good. I tell you, J.P. Morgan in her prime. And even in the 70s, I remember seeing her on the gong show, and she was still looking good in the 70s. Wheel friends, that's J.P. Morgan for you. Now, Gildersleeve does just like J.P. Morgan told him to, saying to Babs, can we be friends? So he comes up with an idea. Hey, let's all go on a picnic. Why, it's more fun than a picnic. Well, uh, going on a picnic has got to be a lot of fun anyway. Here is the great Bing Crosby, our house singer, Bing Crosby, and it's more fun than a picnic. Just being with Babs and Mrs. Winthrop. It's more fun than a picnic, just being in love. You feel like the queen of the Mardi Gras when you are in love. It's more fun than a circus. You're playing the clown And shouting it out from the chimney tops All over the town It's more fun than running for president Or making who's who Who cares? It's more fun than a barrel of monkeys When love makes a monkey of you And it do! It's all peaches and rainbows heavens above it's more fun than a picnic just being in love come on over here children what you got to say about love what's the latest caper in that department hmm? it's more fun than reading the comics and having a coke in between or spending a nickel to buy a popsicle or tilting a pinball machine it's more fun than blue jeans or yo-yo. Oh, you know that's living. And strawberry sodas and such. <laughs> and toasting marshmallows is more fun with fellows. Yes, even when treating is Dutch. It's more fun than being a movie star and having your face on the screen. Or sinking the putt when you're under par. Or tilting the pinball machine. There's grown-ups would say it's colossal. It's great. And no one can tell us it's dumb. Why, it builds. Roy Rogers and Trigger. They don't even figure. It's bigger than bubblegum. And that's bigger than Los Angeles in the extended area. Why, it's all peaches and rainbows. Blue. Heavens above, 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 
It's more than a picnic. Just being in love. So in love. Just being in love. Oh my, it sure is. Bing Crosby, more fun than a picnic. Here's a neat song from Bing Crosby. And I'll bet you have never heard that song, or if you did, maybe you only heard it once. That's an unusual song from Bing, and I liked it, especially for today's show, all about a picnic. <laughs> well, that's what Gildersleeve is going to try to convince Babs to go on with her mama, Mrs. Rinthrope, and who knows, maybe they will go on that picnic, and if Gildersleeve can persuade Babs to be friendly, at least to give him a chance, well, then it'll be mission accomplished. Because day in and day out, Gildersleeve is trying to win the heart of Mrs. Winthrop. <laughs> so like Ella Fitzgerald sings here, day in, day out. I like the big band sound of this song. Day in. Follows me about The same old pounding in my heart Whenever I think of you And darling, I think of you Day in and day out Day out Day in I needn't tell you how my days begin A tingle, one possibility in view, that possibility of maybe seeing you, come rain, come shine, I need you and me, the day is fine. nice one Ella Fitzgerald and day in and day out that comes from her album Ella Fitzgerald sings the Johnny Mercer songbook and that ain't bad I tell you uh, Ella always seems to do the perfect version of any particular song you know really nice 
Well, that's going to have to do until we get back with more music for you because why? It is time for the Great Gildersleeve. Yes, October 24th, 1951, when Gildersleeve faces Babs squarely in the face. Well, he has to sit in a chair. Babs is kind of small. He faces Babs squarely in the face and says, Please, Babs, be nice. We're going on a picnic. We'll find out how it goes with gilding Babs and Mrs. Winthrop right now on Sounds Like Radio's Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. And Kraft, you know, makes the famous pasteurized processed cheese food Velveeta. Velveeta has a wonderful cheddar cheese flavor that's rich yet delightfully mild. It's delicious. Get a package or loaf of Velveeta tomorrow and enjoy the cheese food of top quality Velveeta made only by Kraft. Since Mr. Bullard's sister, the attractive Paula Winthrop, and her daughter Babs moved in across the street, the great Gildersleeve has been giving particular attention to his personal appearance. And he has managed to make three personal appearances at Mrs. Winthrop's. Tonight will be his fourth. Gildersleeve, you're gaining ground. Well, why shouldn't you? Admit it. You're not a bad-looking man. Of course, I'm graying a little at the temples. And so is Ronald Coleman. Yeah, wonder if I shouldn't touch that up a little. No use in a fellow with a face as young looking as mine getting gray. No, he's distinguished. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the best looking water commissioner of them all? You are. Thank you. (laughs) Who said that? Leroy. Hi, aren't you still primping? Yeah, I'm not primping. I'm just doing the things any fastidious man does before a date. Yeah? You need some color, Unc. Why don't you pinch your cheeks a little more? Leroy, <laughs> I haven't been pinching my cheeks. Come on, let's go downstairs. Okay, I'll announce you. Presenting the fairest water commissioner of them all. And in the gate, yeah! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here he comes, boy. Oh, you look awfully nice tonight, Unky. Yeah, thank you, my dear. I thought you were going to wear your new suit. Well, it hasn't come from the tailors yet. I'll wear it next time. What a dude. Since Mrs. Winthrop moved in across the street, he won't even rake leaves in the front yard without a coat and tie on. <laughs> well, it gets chilly out there. It's the fall of the year. Yeah, and I know who fell. <laughs> you watch it, young man. We know you like her, Unky. I'm just surprised you don't see her more often. Well, Mrs. Winthrop has to give a lot of her time to her daughter. She told me that. And when you do go, you always come home so early. It just happened that way, Marjorie. The other evening, little Babs had the sniffles. The time before that, she wanted her mother to help her with her homework. Mm Mm-hmm. What happened the first time? Well, the little girl came downstairs because she said she had a bad dream and she wouldn't go back up. So you came home? Yeah. Uncle Mort, it's none of my business, but it sounds as though little Babs doesn't exactly welcome your visits. Yeah, you better watch out, Unc. What do you mean by that? Well, she's tricky. Remember the time I was riding my 
that bike no hands and she stuck a broom handle through the spokes? <laughs> yes. You know, that was probably an accident. Yeah, I'm sure it was. She hasn't annoyed you since. No, but I'm not the one who's dating her mother. <laughs> now, Leroy, you and Marjorie aren't being fair to little Babs. How could she be anything but an angel with a mother like that? Well, I hope you're right, Unky. You bet. Yeah, don't you two wait up for me. Yeah, I won't be home till late tonight. <laughs> Leroy, you go to bed. Expecting Mr. Gildersleeve, Mother? Any minute now, Babs. He's never late. No, I've noticed that. Why don't you go upstairs and listen to your radio this evening? All right. Mother, why do you go out with Mr. Gildersleeve? Well? Is he the only bachelor in Summerfield? (laughs) (laughs) I really haven't investigated. Are you going to? Babs, I want to ask you something. What, Mother? When Mr. Gildersleeve comes over, do you deliberately try to make him feel uncomfortable? Is he uncomfortable? It's probably that tight suit he wears. <laughs> oh, there he is. Shall I go to the door? No, you go upstairs. I'll answer it. Hello, Mrs. Winthrop. You, Paula. <laughs> Hello, Throckmorton. Come in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, your brother's still out of town? Rumsden won't be home until next week. Good. Hope he has a nice trip. Is uh, little Babs around? She's upstairs listening to her radio. Cute. Wonderful invention radio. (laughs) Here, let me take your hat. You, thank you. Shall we sit here on the lounge? Good idea. (laughs) This is living. Say, I see you have logs in the fireplace. I thought it might get chilly later in the evening. Well, I've never stayed here long enough to find out if it gets chilly later. <laughs> we have chased you home a little early, haven't we? Yeah, let's not take any chances tonight. Let's let the fire now. <laughs> I'd enjoy that. You bet. Yeah, I'll have it going in no time. There we are. Yeah, wood's nice and dry. Look at it go. There's something about a boy and a girl in the fire. Oh, I love a fire. Mm, the lights are low. I like to lean back and watch the shadows flicker on the ceiling. Uh, you watch the ceiling. <laughs> I'll watch the firelight on your pretty face. Oh, now you're flattering me. Well, in a setting like this, everyone looks prettier. Me too? Mm, you too. Wow, this is going to be a great evening. <laughs> uh, Paula? Hmm? You realize this is the first time we've ever spent alone. Excuse me, Mother. Zeke. Oh, Dad. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. Am I intruding? You no, not at all. I thought you were listening to your radio, dear. I decided I'd knit for a while. And you'll simply have to show me how to turn a sleeve. Oh, now, Babs, can't I show you some other time? But, Mother, I have to finish it before Christmas. Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm knitting Mother a sweater for Christmas. Well, glad you told me. Now I won't knit one for her. <laughs> Please, Mother. All right. Thank you. And while you show me, I'll sit here by the fire, between you and Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, you better give you a little more room. Isn't this cozy? 
Yes, indeed. Mr. Gildersleeve, would you be kind enough to stir up the fire? I like to watch the sparks jump. <laughs> Glad to. Now, now pay attention, Babs. I'm watching. Yeah, I'll say she is. Oh, you make beautiful sparks, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, nothing to it. Now, I won't crowd you two. I'll sit down and watch the knitting lesson. <laughs> oh, who's that? Mr. Gildersleeve, you sat on my new knitting box. Yeah, I did? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was there when I got up. <laughs> Mr. Gildersleeve, surely you don't think I'd put it there on you no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's all right. It's just an accident. Yeah, I'd be happy to buy you a new one, Babs. It isn't that. This one was given to me by Mother. Sorry, Babs. Mother. Throckmorton, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm sorry it happened. Excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll get the yarn out from under your feet. Yeah, yeah, pardon me. Babs, don't you think you'd better run up to bed? I'll help you with this tomorrow. Mother, if I don't learn how to turn a sleeve, I won't sleep a wink tonight. Well, perhaps I should be on my way. It's getting a little late. 9.15. <laughs> Good night, Mr. Gildersleeve. Babs. Well, it's really very early, Throckmorton. Well, we don't want Babs to miss her sleep. And I've been thinking, there's a dance at the Palm Room tomorrow evening. Perhaps it'd be nice to get out of the house. Yeah, I mean, go dancing. <laughs> I'd like that very much. Good. Ta-ta. You tend to your knitting. I know where my hat is. Mother, my knitting is unraveling. What? Yes, this. Something seems to be tied around my ankle. Mr. Gildersleeve, you've had your foot caught in the yarn. Now, how did that happen? You've ruined Mother's sweater. Yeah, I'm sorry, Paula. I worked three weeks on it. Sorry, Babs. What a sorry evening. <laughs> yeah, I, George, there's nothing like a new suit. Turn around, Unky. Yeah? You like it, Marjorie? Hey, what's going on? We're just admiring Unky's new suit, Leroy. Yikes! Strikes! <laughs> Chalk stripes, my boy. First one I've ever had. The stripes do slim you down, Unky. Well, not that I need slimming. I think they just show off his curves. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right, Leroy. Yeah, I guess I'll be on my way. Mrs. Winthrop is waiting. Have a nice time, Uncle Mort. Are you going over there again, Unc, after what happened last night? No, Leroy, it was all my fault that I got tangled up in that yarn. Let's face it, I was just clumsy. Well, I suppose it could have happened accidentally. Sure. And I don't blame Babs for being upset. She worked hard on the sweater. Yet I made it up to her today. In fact, I made it up to both of them. I sent Mrs. Winthrop flowers and little Babs candy. How do you like that? She practically throws them out of the house and he sends flowers and candy. What a character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be home a little late tonight. Around 9.15? <laughs> Good night, Leroy. Good night, Marjorie. Good night, Uncle. I hate to have Leroy grow up so suspicious of women. Who's that? Is that you, Gilday? (laughs) Hello, Judge. What brings you by? Well, I have a free evening. Let's go stepping. Yeah, you're too late. I already have an engagement. Must be important. I see you're wearing a new suit. That's right. Well, I don't want to be late, Judge. Wait a minute, Gilday. Are you sure that you wouldn't prefer to go bowling with me? Hardly, Judge. 
Well, we could play canasta or something. Canasta. Horace, I'll see you later. I'm due across the street. Well, if you don't mind, Gilda, I'll sit here and watch you greet your lady love. <laughs> Rubbernecking old goat. He probably thinks I'll kiss her when she greets me at the door. But he isn't going to see anything. Yeah, I wish he was. Hello, Mr. Gilda, please. Huh? Babs? Where are you? Isn't that a new suit you're wearing? Oh, yes, it is. What have you got in that paper bag? Water. Water? What's that for? I'm watering the plants in the window box. Shouldn't you be using a pitcher? I prefer a paper bag. But it is beginning to drip. It is. You guys, don't hold it over me. The bottom's coming out. Well, I can't let it spill in the house. You guys, you watch it. Babs! Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 your new suit. I'm so sorry. Pockets full of water. Floating cigars. Where are you going, Gilda? I'm going home. Soaked. I have a feeling that girl doesn't like me. <laughs> Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. When guests are coming for dinner, chances are you try very hard to serve a meal that's especially festive. And you make it festive with little extra touches here and there. Extra touches that are simple and easy, yet somehow add so much to your dinner success. So next time you entertain, try a Velveeta vegetable platter for a gay note. First, arrange your vegetables attractively on a platter. Baked red tomatoes and cooked broccoli make a good combination. And over these hot vegetables, pour a smooth golden cheese sauce you make with Velveeta. To make this easy Velveeta sauce, all you do is melt a half pound of Velveeta in the top of your double boiler. Velveeta melts so smoothly and easily, there's no need to cube it or grate it. Just cut a half pound piece right off the two pound loaf. Then gradually stir in a quarter cup of milk, season, and there you have it. The smoothest golden cheese sauce you'd ever want. And a cheese sauce that'll make those vegetables more nourishing because Velveeta is rich in important food values from milk. Treat your guests and your family, too, to a Velveeta vegetable platter soon. Well, last night, the great Gildersleeve had arranged to take his new girlfriend, Mrs. Paula Winthrop, dancing. But suddenly, cold water was thrown on his plans. Yeah, that daughter of hers. She didn't fool me. She didn't intend to water plants with that paper bag. Yeah, well, I think I'll drop in Peavy's. I couldn't stay around the house this morning and take that corny kidding. Hello, Peavy. Yeah, hello, Mr. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Yeah, I don't want anything in particular, Peavy. You might give me a cigar. Yeah, well, you... Uh... Want one you can smoke underwater? Peavy, <laughs> who have you been talking to? <laughs> the judge was in. You know, talky town crier. Well, I guess you've heard all about it. I hear Mrs. Winthrop's daughter is quite a pixie. Peavy, that's going too far, dropping water from the upstairs window. Well, it has its amusing aspect. You might call that watering the water commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, don't rub it in. 
Yeah, I'll admit I've been outmaneuvered so far. Evie, why is it that I can't seem to get along with Mrs. Winthrop's daughter? Well, instead of being so palsy with the mother, why don't you try being pals with the daughter? What are you getting at? Well, now, take it in the store here. Now, some of the kids could give me fits if I didn't make it a practice to be pals with them. It pays off, Mr. Gildersleeve. You? Yeah. Halloween's coming up, you know. Every shop window in the block will be soaked except mine. Well, how do you work that, Petey? Well, when the kids gather under the streetlight with their bars of soap, I put on a false face and go right along with them. You. My <laughs> when they come to my window, I say, Mr. Peavy's a good egg. Let's soak the window next door. <laughs> You're pulling my leg. <laughs> Maybe I am. Did you give me a great idea? You know, you're pretty shrewd. Well, if I do say so, when I passed out the brains, I wasn't off somewhere feeding the chicken. <laughs> you're right, George. I'll start cultivating bats. There's no reason why she shouldn't like me. Well, no. At times, children get a little possessive. She shouldn't stand in the way of her mother making new friends. No, she shouldn't. Actually, she isn't being fair to her mother. If the girl insists on keeping her mother from seeing me... It's something Mrs. Winthrop could regret the rest of her life. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> How can I make a pal out of little Babs without her knowing what I'm up to? You have to be diplomatic about this. I won't let anybody know what I'm up to. The smart thing to do is to work it through Leroy. Say, I have an idea. Bertie! Yes, Miss Gilsley? Bertie, I've been thinking. We should do something nice for Leroy's little friend, Babs. We should? Yes, indeed. She's been here a month, and I'm afraid we've ignored her. So I'd like to do something that'll make a big impression on her. Yes, sir. Miss Gilsley, how are you going to do that? Well, it's Saturday. A good time to do something with the kids. Leroy's birthday isn't until next month, but we could have the party today. Yes, sir. Could you bake a cake, Bertie, if I get some ice cream? I could, well, Mr. Gillsleeve, if you really want to do something for the kids, why don't you take Babs and Leroy out in the woods and look for chestnuts? They'd like that. Say, it's a thought. I can fix up a nice lunch and we can save the birthday for another emergency. No, Bertie, is no emergency. I just want to do something for the children. Yes, sir. You fix the lunch basket, Bertie, and I'll take them today. Yes, sir. Lunch for how many people, Miss Gillsleeve? Well, there'll be Babs, Leroy, and me. Now that you mention it, I'll ask Mrs. Winthrop. Yes, you make plenty of sandwiches, Bertie. Everything kids like. Cheese, potato chips, and apples. It's National Apple Week, you know. Don't worry, Mr. Gillsleeve. That basket will look like the horn of plenty. Oh, fine, Bertie. <laughs> if you're going on a picnic, Bertie will even make a decoy sandwich. <laughs> what's, what's a decoy sandwich? Well, you put that out first to attract the ants, and then you eat on the other side of the tree. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, Bertie. No, sir, because when you take Miss Winthrop on a picnic, you don't want to be bothered with no ants. <laughs> now, Bertie, this picnic isn't just for Mrs. Winthrop and me. It's just that I doubt if Babs would go without her mother. Yes. That's the only reason I'd ask Mrs. Winthrop to trek through the woods looking for chestnuts. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Babs doesn't see through me the way that Bertie does. More pie, anybody? Babs, Leroy? Not me. I'm stuck. Oh, 
That was a wonderful picnic, Throckmorton. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it, Paula. Certainly was. We had everything I like. Well, Babs, I had you in mind when I packed the basket. Oh, isn't it peaceful and quiet out here? Yeah, great. It's been such a long time since I've seen moss growing under a tree. Oh, look up there at the sun filtering through the leaves. All tinted with red and gold. Yeah, nothing like being out here with the squirrels. <laughs> look, there goes one up a tree. Hey, let's follow him. He may show us where the chestnuts are. Leroy, let's rest a while. Okay, you and Mrs. Winthrop rest. Come on, Babs, let's get down to the brook. I I think I'd rather stay here with Mother and Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Uncle's good enough to bring us. Let's give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Why don't we all go? That is, if Babs and Paula would like to. Oh, we'd love to. Oh, I want to find some chestnuts. Well, you come with me, Babs. I have a nose for chestnuts. Okay, Miss Winthrop, you come with me. How about we find more than they do? <laughs> Fine. Do you accept the challenge, Throckmorton? You bet we do. Don't we, Babs? Well, if you really know where to find them, Mr. Gildersleeve. Sure. Let them go down by the brook. And we'll look up on the hill where those big trees are. We'll meet you back here in half an hour. Goodbye, Mother. Oh, goodbye, dear. You follow me, Babs. I'll make a path for you right through the leaves. Right, George. This is my chance to make a pal out of the child. You having a good time, Bab? Yes, thank you. Oh, here. Let me help you through this barbed wire fence. You outstep on the bottom strand, pull up on the top wire while you slip through. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Now let me hold the barbed wire for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, am I stretching it high enough? Yeah, that's fine. Hurry, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm not as strong as you. Hate to have to let this barbed wire go. I wonder if she would when I'm halfway through. <laughs> yeah. There we are. By George, she didn't. <laughs> Gildersleeve, you've won her over. Isn't that a chestnut tree over there? Say, it is. But I, I don't see any chestnuts on the ground. Yeah. yeah, I guess somebody beat us to it. Too bad. I see some on that lower limb, Mr. Gildersleeve. You suppose you could get them for me? Well, I haven't climbed a tree in quite a while. You won't have to. You're so nice and tall, you can jump and reach the limb and then pull yourself up. You hadn't thought of that. We, we just can't go back without some chestnuts. Well, I'll see what I can do. One, two, three! Yeah. Oh, you made it! Well, part way. Now I can just swing a leg over the limb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. Now let's take them down. They won't come down. I, I think you'll have to crawl out on the limb. Yes, you have to crawl out on the limb. Yeah, I don't think it'll hold my weight. Oh, sure it will. Well, I guess I can crawl out there. Here goes. Oh, you're doing fine. It's beginning to bend. A few more inches will do it. Look out the Are you all right, Mr. Tildersleeve? Yeah, I'm all right. How did she get me out on a limb again? <laughs> Another half hour, and 
we'll all be home. Hasn't it been a wonderful day, Mother? Oh, I hate to see it end. Boy, I'm bushed. Well, we've all had a big day. Yeah, I know I have. I'm tired, too. Are you bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Paul? Oh, I'm fine. Good. Maybe we can get the kiddies to bed and then slip out for the evening. Hey, Unc, there's that new drive-in movie. Oh, can we stop and see the picture, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yo, the children, what about dinner? Well, they sell hot dogs and stuff. Big help. Can't we go, Mother, please? Now, perhaps Mr. Gildersleeve has already shown you a wonderful time. Oh, I know, Mother, and I'm sure he isn't going to disappoint me now. <laughs> Here goes my Saturday night. <laughs> Thank goodness the coming attractions are open. Well, the feature should be interesting. Yeah, I hope so. What a wasted day. I'm not sure I'd have Paula to myself tonight. Oh, here's the feature. Babs, you should like this. It's a musical. Babs? Leroy? Throckmorton, they're both asleep. They are? (laughs) Well, Leroy in one corner. Babs in the other. <laughs> Leroy's still clutching his bag of popcorn. Oh, and look at Babs. Isn't she sweet? Yeah, the sweetest I've ever seen. <laughs> I suppose we should take them home, but I'd hate to miss the picture. Sure, they're happy. And so am I. We're practically alone for the first time, too. Mm. Oh, it looks like a good cast, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, perhaps I could see better if I got out from behind this steering wheel. Mind if I slide over a little closer to you? <laughs> you? You should be comfortable. Everyone else is. Yeah, thank you. You're right, George, at last I outsmarted Babs. Yeah, this is more like it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this all day. You did go to a lot of trouble today, just for us. Well, this is worth it. You know, Throckmorton... Today's the first chance I've had to really get to know you. You're quite exceptional. Oh, you're so thoughtful and considerate of the children and me. Frankly, when I came to Summerfield, I hardly expected to meet a man as... as interesting as you. (laughs) Throckmorton? (laughs) Why, it's Throckmorton! Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just 30 seconds. If the folks at your house eat lots of sandwiches, make sure they have the best sandwich filler you can buy. Keep stocked with Velveeta, Kraft's golden pasteurized processed cheese food. Get the cheese food of finest quality, Velveeta, made only by Kraft. Throckmorton. Throckmorton. Paula. I guess I must have closed my eyes for a moment. Yes, you did. Yeah, but I... Well, yeah, I'm sorry, Paula. But the evening isn't over. There's still plenty of time to talk while the kids are asleep. Um, Mother. Oops, Brad's awake. (laughs) Yes, dear? I'm hungry. Mr. Gildersleeve, may I have a hot dog? Yeah, can I have one too, huh? What's the use? Two hot dogs coming up. 
Good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Barbara Whiting, Elsie Holmes, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. Musical composition by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of those famous Kraft quality foods. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. In a sandwich, what do you like best? Say, in a cold beef sandwich, a cheese sandwich, egg salad, salami, what do you like best? Well, if you've ever tried it, I'll bet you'll say Kraft prepared mustard. Because when you add a little Kraft mustard, you add a lot of tang. In fact, there are two kinds of Kraft mustard. Salad mustard, mild and delicately spiced, and Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand. And remember, the next time you make a sandwich... When you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Buy Kraft's prepared mustard. Your humble host. He's next on NBC. Friends, the Great Gildersleeve, as it was originally broadcast on October 24th, 1951. Gildy and Mrs. Winthrop, they had to work out their problems with that <laughs> funny little daughter, Babs. You know, for all her badness, uh, she sounded mighty cute. And you know, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Babs is the girl who's going to become Leroy's future girlfriend. Yeah. So, things are going to work out after all, at least for a while, uh, and then Babs is going to disappear from the show. But for a while there, Babs will be Leroy's girlfriend. Now, I got to tell you something, friends. Ooh, do you notice, do I sound a little better than normal? I mean, at least how I've been sounding for the past couple of months? Weird. That's because I have gone back to using the microphone I first started to use when I started this podcast a couple of years back. Yeah, I bought a new microphone, though, about five, six months ago, and it finally came in, and it was a beautiful-looking mic. That's the main reason I bought it. Plus, it had good reviews, said how great it sounded. It looked really great, Uh, but... As with a car I once bought, it is all looks and no go. This microphone was beautiful. It was black and red. It looked like the old-fashioned mics that you'd see people singing into. Uh, It's not just a normal microphone. It's, well, it's hard to describe without showing you a picture. But anyway, the brand name was Icon. And I got this mic with the uh, great reviews and how it looked. It was just beautiful. It was black with red cloth insides in between the uh, metal strips of black going across. Uh, It's too hard to describe it, but it is a beautiful looking mic. Okay, so I got this mic. I tried it out, 
And man, it was the worst, the worst microphone I have ever used. I have used $10 microphones that sounded better than this thing. And this thing was a fortune. I think it cost me like $145 when I first bought it. Uh, what a ripoff because, man, it is beautiful. There's no doubt about that. But it sounded terrible. So in order to try to make it sound good, I had to resort to my mixer and I had to put the literally i put the bass up all the way uh, maybe a, a teensy weensy bit of off of all the way up for the bass and the treble i had to turn it all the way down the treble on this mic when you don't adjust it with a mixer was extremely tinny and there was absolutely no bass to it it was the worst i tell you really bad and finally as of this week and last week I got tired of using that lousy mic. I, I retired it. I put it back in its box and, well, I may take it out and just put it up for decoration because it does look nice, but man, it is lousy sounding. So, my old mic is back in business and that's what I'm talking to you now on. And I think I sound perfect with this, my old mic. Yeah, it's the old mic. It's a golden mic. It was a really nice mic that I bought way back when. Uh, but I've gone back to using it. Anyway, that's a little behind the scenes here on Sounds Like Radio. Now, getting back to the Gildersleeve story, you know, we got a neat singer here. I bet you would never, ever imagine that Robert Mitchum once recorded an album. Actually, he's, uh, he's recorded a couple of albums in his time. But back in 1956, he recorded several songs, but they were never released on an album. But in 1997, they were put out on a CD, and I got one for you right now. Here is the great Robert Mitchum to sing, I Get a Kick Out of You. Take it, Robert. I get no kick from champagne. Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. So tell me why should it be true? I get a kick out of you Some cats they goof on cocaine I'm sure that if I took even one sniff It would bore me terrifically too I get a kick out of you I get a kick every time I see you Standing there before me I get a kick, though it's plain to see You obviously don't adore me Some get a kick in a plane Flying too high with some guy in the sky Is my idea of nothing to do I get a kick, ooh, what a charge I get a boot, you give me a thrill I get a kick out of you. You see, I told you that end would hang. Well, Robert knows best. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that ending didn't hang <laughs> as much. I, I think it sounded real nice, actually. Robert Mitchum from 1956, I believe, or maybe it was 1957. I believe 1956 he recorded it, but it was released on CD in 1997. CD called tall dark stranger amazing it took like 40 years to get out there but 
I'm glad it did because that's a nice song. Robert Mitchum does a fairly good version of singing those songs too. Well, and it was good for today's show because Gildersleeve, he gets a kick out of Mrs. Renthrope, and I think he even, well, at least I do, I kind of get a kick out of Babs causing all those problems. Yeah, yeah she's a little devil. Yeah. Well, now Gildersleeve, though, he was hoping to bring Babs and Mrs. Winthrope out so they could experience the sunny side of the street. You know who else likes the sunny side? Joe Stafford. Here she is on the sunny side of the street. Take it, Joe! Grab your coat and get your hat. Leave your worries on the doorstep. Joe! Direct your feet to the sunny side of the street. Can you hear that bit of pain and that happy tune is your step? Life can be so sweet on the sunny side of the street. I used to walk. Said I'd be rich as Rockefeller, gold dust at my feet on the sunny side of the street. Stafford and the sunny side of the street. Well, you know, a couple weeks ago I played you a stereo version of a Andrew Sisters hit, and I played you a stereo version of a Lawn Monroe hit. They redid their hits in the late 50s. Well, the Ink Spots must have had the same idea, because in 1962, 
uh, Bill Kenny, one of the main singers of the Ink Spots, well, he put out an album in stereo, and he called it Bill Kenny and His Ink Spots. Now, the interesting thing is, <laughs> Bill Kenny was the only original Ink Spot that was on this album. Yeah, it seems the Ink Spots must have had some sort of a falling out because in the uh, mid to late 50s, they all split up, and uh, the odd thing is, they continued to put out albums, uh, solo albums from each one of them, but they would call the album The Ink Spots. So each one of the solo Ink Spots called themselves The Ink Spots, even though they were the only original Ink Spot on the album. Well, in 1962, Bill Kenny decided to go stereo. He put out an album called Bill Kenny and His Ink Spots. Well, one of the songs from that album is one of the Ink Spots' original hits, and it is a goodie, too. It's called To Each His Own. Ah, yes. The Great Ink Spots with Bill Kenny. Or at least the phony Ink Spots with Bill Kenny. A rose must remain with the sun and the rain or its lovely promise won't come true. Each his own, to each his own, and my own is you. What good is a song if the words just don't belong? And a dream must be a dream for two. No good alone to each. For me, there's you. If a flame is to grow, there must be a glow to open each door. There's a key. I need you, I know. I can't let you go. Your touch means too much to me Two lips must insist on two more to be kissed or they'll never know what love can do To each his own I found my own One and only If a flame is to grow, there must be a glow to open each door. There's a key. I need you, I know. I can't let you go. Your touch means too much to me. Two lips must insist on two more. Or they'll never know what love can do To each his own I found my own One and only
He loves hitting them high notes, don't he? Bill Kenny, that was his specialty, hitting those high notes, and he does it a he does it a lot on that album. Bill Kenny and his ink spots. Never mind the other guys, it's his ink spots. He, well, he can't fool us. But Bill Kenny was the real one, so we happy to hear it. We hope you enjoyed our stereo version of the Ink Spots, and especially hope you enjoyed the Great Gildersleeve for today from October 24th, 1951. And that means it's time to say, wait, 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 hold the phone. There's one guy here. He's standing by. He wants to sing. He's desperate to sing. He's got to sing. Singing is his life. He is the world's greatest entertainer. And here is Al Jolson in stereo to sing. I think this may be my favorite Al Jolson song. Yes, it is. Yeah, here he is to sing when you were sweet, sweet 16. When first I saw the love light in your eyes, I dreamt the world had naught but joy for me. And even though we drifted far apart, I never dreamed but what I dream of thee I love you as I never loved before Since first I met you on the village green Come to me and my dream of love is all I love you as I love you when you were sweet when you were sweet
that song <laughs> that song brings me back oh so many years back to when I was in high school and that song I could have sung that to the girl who was sweet 16 at the time and uh, oh I I absolutely flipped over her yeah well yeah, I had to snap myself out of that reverie I'm sorry Al that I I went into a trance and she was singing that song I just had to sing along yeah the great Al Jolson uh, they stereofied that song and I like it too stereo version of Al Jolson's classic when you were sweet sweet 16 <laughs> I still have beautiful memories well that's what they can't take away from you that's what they say <laughs> yeah Oh, well now, uh, friends, it's time to end the show. We heard a great Gildersleeve from October 24th of 1951. Gildy, well, he had to do his best to get Mrs. Winthrop and, and uh, that daughter Babs to like him, and especially to get Babs to like him. I think uh, Mrs. Winthrop's already uh, taken with Gildersleeve. Well, anyway, that was the show. We hope you enjoyed it. I am your humble host for Sounds Like Radio, getting enthralled with the music. We heard some goodies today. Bing Crosby, Ella Fitzgerald, Joe Stafford, The Ink Spots, J.P. Morgan, Robert Mitchum. That's it, Robert Mitchum. Bet you never thought you'd hear Robert Mitchum singing a song. And we just close there with Al Jolson. Until next time, friends, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.